Good morning. We want to welcome all of you watching online from all of us here at Solid Rock Church. We're so glad that you were able to join us this morning. Uh, Obviously, this isn't the way we wanted to uh, meet with you on the Sunday before Christmas, but we praise God that we're still able to, to freely share his word and worship. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to be sharing a message on finding joy. And I want to start out, uh, let's start out with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this day. This is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We just pray, Lord God, that as we dig into your word this morning, that it would become real to us. Holy Spirit, just quicken it in our spirits. We just pray, Lord God, that your name is glorified this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'd like to start off uh, with sharing a scripture with you. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I absolutely, I love this scripture. I love Christmas. Um, I think what, some of the things that I love the most about Christmas is it's not just the lights, it's not just the beautiful decorations, it's not the dinners, it's not just the feeling, it's the fact that there's something special at this time of season where we can be walking through Walmart, picking out shampoo, and, and we can hear uh, a song playing in the store that's worshiping our king. And, and I just love that time of the year. I love the fact that, that Jesus' name, we have an opportunity, a very special and rare opportunity to lift high the name of Jesus in a way that's accepted um, when it's, it's not as much throughout the year. I love this scripture. Um, I think when I close my eyes and I think of uh, a picture of Christmas, of course the manger scene comes to mind, but I love picturing this one. I love picturing the announcement of the angel that came to the shepherds that day on the hills and the skies that just filled up with the heavenly hosts worshiping and just proclaiming the Messiah, proclaiming the king. And so the reason why I actually chose this scripture was for specifically for a reason. Um, And it's this line, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. And that's what I want to talk about, the good news and finding joy. So I just want to share a few thoughts with you. Uh, The first one is, we find joy in knowing the purpose of the birth of Jesus. You will not be able to find joy in the purpose of the birth of Jesus, or in the purpose of his, sorry, You will not be able to find joy in his birth if you don't know the purpose of his birth. 
Otherwise, it would literally be just a romantic story without the power to bring any tangible or lasting joy. We find the purpose of the birth of Jesus Christ in the word of God. So if you want to find joy, get into the word of God. Jeremiah in chapter 15 says, your words were found and I ate. Another translation actually says, I devoured your word and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of angel armies. I just pray that that our response to God's word would be such a desire just to want to just devour the word of God, to get into it and to learn about what the purpose of his birth was, the purpose of why Jesus was sent. In John 10.10, in John the word teaches us that Christ has come, that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly, knowing that Jesus was born so that we would have life and to have it more abundantly actually brings joy to us. The, world, the word tells us that he was born to redeem us from our sins and to offer forgiveness. That's good news. He was born to restore us to right relationship with the Father so that we could boldly come before the throne and receive grace and mercy in our time of need. He was born to tear the veil in two so that we could have access personally anytime. Jesus was born to heal all of our diseases and remove all of our sickness. He was born to comfort us in our affliction and in times of mourning. He was born to reconcile us to himself and to give us the ministry of reconciliation. He was born to strengthen us. The word says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. He was born to bring peace and the peace that passes all understanding. The kind of peace that can only come from him that enables us to be at rest and to be at peace even in the midst of a storm. He was born to show, to teach, to express, to live, and to literally be love and a representation of the love of the Father to all of humanity. For there's no greater love than this, to be willing to lay one's life down for his friend. That is news that's worthy of, of getting up and shouting about. That's news that's worthy of proclaiming, just like the angels proclaimed on that night when they met the shepherds on the hill. That's why Jeremiah devoured the word. The word brings us a realization of who God is, who the king and our savior is, what he does, who we are, who we are in him, and what his thoughts are towards us, and what we have access to because of him. So no matter what your need is this season and beyond, know that it can be found in Jesus. And that truth is poured out right from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Know that as you dig deeper into his word that you are going to find joy in getting to know him and to getting to know his truth and his promises. And to know and have confidence that he can and will provide for whatever's stealing your joy. The next, shot, the, the next thought that I wanted to share with you is that comparison steals joy. 
And instead of comparing, we actually need to change our focus. We need to shift our focus upward and onto things that are worthy of our attention. Philippians 4.8 says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on those things. Comparison steals joy. Every time, all the time, not just at Christmas. Um, I know that at Christmas it can be a little bit of a challenging time. And if you're struggling in this area, um, I'd really encourage you, rather than thinking on what other people are doing, what other people have, where they're able to go, what they're able to buy, who they're able to spend time with, I really want to encourage you to meditate on the reason for this season and be intentional to make memories and happy times. Um, I remember a time uh, years ago when Adrian and I only had a, a few little ones, <laughs> and I had quit my job to stay at home with the kids. Adrian had quit his job to get another job, and he was immediately laid off, couldn't get EI, so he found another job right away, but it was really hard at Christmas time, and I perfectly honestly, I, I didn't want to even set up the tree because I didn't want to give the kids hope that there would be something under that tree. And I know that might sound dramatic, but that's literally the reality of that year for us. And, and it was really hard. And I was focused on what we didn't have. And I definitely was not feeling joy. And Adrian came and he said, sweetheart, let's set up the tree. Let's set it up. Let's set it up with the kids. Let's put the lights on it. And let's just make memories. Let's just enjoy the season. Let's just trust God. At the end of the day, God showed up and he provided and there was presents that were under the tree. But that actually wasn't, that wasn't the most special thing. That wasn't the greatest gift that God gave us. It was actually the gift of being able to have joy in a season that we could have been depressed, that we could have been down. And we were able to find joy in the other gifts that he's given us that don't cost anything. And we started back then being very intentional about doing things with our children and making memories with our children that didn't cost very much, like just getting in the vehicle, putting some gas in it, going through the drive-through at Tim Hortons. Everyone would get a hot chocolate and pick a donut. And then we would go out and drive and look at all the Christmas lights. And the kids absolutely love that memory. It wasn't until just a little while ago that I realized how much those things actually meant to our kids and what an impact it had on them. Adrian was driving with one of our teenage boys, and he was telling his dad about, you know, a few years ago, he did have something traumatic happen to him at Christmas time. And so every time that Christmas time comes, it's a really hard time for him. <clears throat> and he doesn't look forward to it always. But there are things that he loves about Christmas. So he told his dad that those are the things that he looks forward to. And he told his dad, the things I look forward to at Christmas is spending time with my family, driving around looking at Christmas lights. It's one of his literally most favorite things to do. And we started that literally when he was like three years old. And he's a teenager now. He said that he loves watching other people open presents 
Um, but his favorite is actually Christmas dinner. Just because, just because he gets to sit around with all of his family and he gets to feel that joy and enjoy time with his family. And that really blessed me. And it actually made me think, um, a couple years ago when things were really, just really, really busy, um, I remember Christmas Day and we had had people over at Christmas morning. Um, after we had opened presents, we had invited people over because we weren't going to be able to get to see them and they weren't happy about that. So we had them over Christmas morning and then we had, you know, almost 30 people over for Christmas dinner. And it was a very long, exhausting day for me. And most Christmas days are. Um, but this year, for whatever reason, I, I probably didn't have the best attitude that I should have. And I remember standing in the kitchen going like, why can't somebody else that's here? Why can't they do Christmas, you know, one year, you know? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit stopped me and, I, and, and just caused me to pay attention to my surroundings, to listen to the kids that are like in the bedrooms pouring out toy, toys and laughing and giggling, listen to my brother that's in the living room making all his nieces and nephews laugh and listen to my husband and his brother-in-law and, and sister and mom in our dining room and my other brother sitting in the kitchen spending almost the whole time with me while I was cutting pie and doing all those things. Christmas dinner is one of my son's favorite things. And for me now, it's one of my most treasured times. And I could choose to think about how tired I am or how much work it is. But instead, I'm enjoying every single one of those moments. And every single one of those moments to me is like a gift. And, and it brings me joy. So I encourage you during this time, if you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling like you're starting to look outward at other people and comparing, to stop that to really just focus on the reason for the season, focus on making memories. And I know during COVID right now that that's really hard and it can be really challenging, but get close with Jesus. Draw close with him and ask him to bring you joy this season, to bring you comfort this season and spend time with him making memories. The next thought I have is in his presence is fullness of joy. If you, want to find, if you want to find joy, sit at his feet. Get into the presence of the Lord. King David cultivated a lifestyle of worship and intimacy, and he knew, um, he knew God, and he ended up actually becoming a man after God's own heart. He says in Psalm 1611 that you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. I love even just the first line of that scripture because it shows to me, it like denotes intimacy. You're going to show me the path of life. We have a relationship with one another. Um, we were created to live in the presence of God. We were created for relationship with him. We were created to talk with him and walk with him just like Adam and Eve did in the garden. And the fruit of that type of intimacy will bring you joy. When we spend quiet, intimate time with him, we start to hear his voice more clearly and know his heart towards us and towards others. Our faith and our confidence is built as our relationship with him grows, and so does our understanding. And his presence isn't just in a prayer closet, but it's anywhere. 
He's with you everywhere. He's with you at school. He's with you at church. He's with you in the grocery store when you're driving down the road on the highway. In his presence is fullness of joy. Um, I just want to read Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He gives me rest. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David didn't write those things because somebody told him that's what God was like. These things David wrote out of a relationship with God, out of an intimate relationship with God, out of experience with God. He spent time at the foot of the Father, just worshiping him, just communing with him, just spending time listening to him. And that's not something that's available for a select few like King David. That's something that's, that's there for every single one of us. That is God's desire, is to have an intimate relationship with every single one of us. In his presence is fullness of joy. Next thought I have is to choose joy. Joy does not just happen. Our focus has to be intentional. But our focus can't just be on joy. We can't just focus on joy and think about joy and more joy will just come up because we're thinking about joy. There has to be a source. And some of you might think that it's your spouse or your girlfriend or your job or your hobby and those things can, can bring you joy but not the type of lasting, enduring joy that comes with power to bring you tangible joy. Jesus is the source of that type of enduring joy. And the more that you focus on Jesus and the more that you focus on his promises, the more that joy is going to come to you. Joy will begin to become a natural part of who you are and flow from you. And that's true even in the hardest of times. If you focus on the problem, joy will start to dwindle. But if you focus on the one who has the answer, that will bring you joy. Be sensitive and submit to the Holy Spirit. For we walk according to the Spirit, and we don't walk according to the flesh. Because of his presence in us, we have access to divine joy, because joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. You can find joy even in the midst of grief and struggle. My grandpa, <clears throat> who really was like a father to me, passed away earlier this year. And it was, it was a very hard loss. Um, it was hard because it was right when COVID started and I couldn't go to the island to go visit him and I couldn't say goodbye to him while he was in the hospital. And that was something that was really hard on me. And... Um, 
yeah, it was, it was a really hard loss, but through that time, like as I sit here and as I look at the times where I sat and the times that I cried and just thinking about the memories of him, I could not honestly help but just be overwhelmed with joy because of the gifts that God actually gave me. <clears throat> Last year, um, at over 90 years of age, in the hospital, I sat with my grandpa and I listened to him tell me that he wasn't good enough. He wasn't good enough to go to heaven. And I remember smiling, giggling just a little bit, and saying, well, that's something we have in common, Grandpa, because neither am I. And he kind of looked at me confused, and I took the opportunity, and I shared the gospel with him. And he started to get tears in his eyes, and he said to me, Charlene, that is so beautiful. Nobody's ever explained that to me quite like that before. I want that. And I was able to share the gospel with my grandpa, to share the good news with my grandpa, and he accepted Christ into his heart. And then he looked at me and he said, Charlene, I'm going to be waiting for you in heaven. That, to me, brings me so much joy. So the days where I'm missing him the most, and the days where I wish I could just call him up and hear his voice or talk to him about things that we've done, I'm overwhelmed with joy because I know I'm going to get to do that again. Because I know that we as believers don't grieve like the world does. I know that I have a hope, <clears throat> excuse me, that I'm going to be able to see him again. And it brings me joy thinking about my grandpa in heaven, knowing that he can breathe again, knowing that COPD is no longer affecting his body. I think it was Pastor Nelson one time who said, um, and, and every time that I think about it, it makes me think of my grandpa, but he was talking to a gentleman about uh, heaven. And I remember the, him saying that the gentleman said, well, is there going to be golf in heaven? And Pastor Nelson said, well, if golf brings you happiness, I'm sure there's going to be golf in heaven, right? And I sat there thinking, oh, I wonder if there's going to be golf in heaven. But um, now I'm thinking, okay, if my grandpa's up there, if there's golf in heaven for that gentleman, surely he's like out on the sea with the disciples throwing nets and he's fishing. So that's, that's, my, that's my thought. And that brings me joy. So um, joy uh, in the midst of persecution. Uh, in Acts chapter 13, I'm just going to read this scripture to you quickly. <laughs> the word of the Lord spread through the whole region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men in the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. So they shook off the dust off their feet as a warning to them, and they went out. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. I don't know why, but I kind of chuckled when I like read that line. They're, they're being persecuted, they're being kicked out, and they kind of shake off their feet, and they're filled with joy in the Holy Ghost. And I asked myself, why? <laughs> the answer, the disciples could count it all joy, knowing that they were being persecuted for Christ's sake, and knowing that they were doing his will and they were honoring his name. So even in the midst of grief, and even in the midst of, of persecution and struggle, you can find joy, as long as Jesus and his word are your, are your focus. And the last thought I want to share with you guys today is that joy 
causes us to endure. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is seated at the right hand of, the, of, the, of God. He walked the road to the cross for the joy that was set before him, and that joy was you. I imagine Jesus walking the road to the cross knowing that he was soon going to be reunited with his father, that he, he, knowing that he was going to be sitting at the right hand, knowing that all things were going to be under his feet. But not only that, knowing that you were going to be seated at the right hand, that you were going to have all things under your feet, knowing that he was going to be able to spend all eternity with you. So he endured for the joy that was set before him. He endured to set you into right standing now before the Father and back into an intimate relationship just as he and the Father and the Holy Spirit had always intended it to be. I think my, my hope today is that in this season, no matter where you are, that you'll be able to find joy in the purpose of Jesus' birth. The shepherds responded to the angel's announcement by saying, let's go out to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So my hope is that we would go out and we would see the thing that the Lord has done and that that would be our focus and that would bring us joy that we would spend time devouring his word just like Jeremiah did and allow joy to well up inside of us as we meditate on his word, as we meditate on his thoughts towards us and his promises. That we would truly understand the significance of the birth of our Savior. I hope that we would be able to set time aside no matter how busy we are just to spend time with him just to listen to his heart, to open up our heart to his love, allow him to direct our paths, allow him to tell us what we should be thinking about ourselves and thinking about others. Maybe today, or when you see this message later, maybe, maybe the purpose of the birth of Jesus never hit you like it has today. Maybe the Holy Spirit has just caused something to be quickened in your heart and you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you want to change that. We're going to close in prayer in just a moment here, but I want to invite you to pray with us as well. doesn't matter where you are right now, unless you're driving, of course. I just ask everyone just to close your eyes as we just finish. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, 
do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great cloud of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom your favor rests. Father, we thank you for your son that you sent. We thank you that you sent him to be born, to live, and to die for us. We thank you for the greatest gift in history. Jesus, we thank you so much that we were the joy, that you counted us the joy so that you could walk that road to sacrifice yourself for our sins. We thank you for being willing to lay down your life for us, knowing everything that it meant when you brought it back up. Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much for your presence. We thank you that you guide us into truth, and we thank you that you are always there to comfort us. And we glorify you, God. And for anybody who doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, right now, let's just pray together. Let's just say, I believe you, Jesus. I believe that you were born so that you could walk the road to the cross for me. I accept that sacrifice that you made on the cross. I accept that for me, and I invite you to come into my life, be my friend, be my king. I invite your presence into my life every single day. I want to walk with you, and I want to talk with you, and I want to know you. We invite you, Jesus, just to have your way in all of our hearts. Father, I just pray that this season, that every single one of us would experience the joy that can only come from you. I pray that we would open our eyes and that we would open our ears to your presence, to your blessing, to your goodness in our lives. I ask that you would be near and that you would comfort those who are grieving, that you would comfort those who are lonely. I pray that you would fill the hungry and that you would cause rest for the weary. I pray that you would be our focus this Christmas, and I pray a divine portion of joy to well up in us because of you. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week.